Welcome to this episode of Pen to Paper Press Podcast. I'm Cindy Cochis. There is a backstory weaved into each book. To explore the creative process, I'm sitting down with authors, writers, editors, publishers, and an array of creative souls to have a conversation centered around how they develop their stories to completing their works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore mindsets, pearls of wisdom, and the experiences that began our journey as an author from the moment we put pen to paper. Joining me today is Tasha Wilson. She is recognizably known as Tasha W., Messenger of Hope. Tasha is an entrepreneur, transformational speaker, and the author of Shatterproof, Refocusing the Lens, Recognizing Your Opponent When Your Greatest Enemy Is Your Inner Me, Who Am I When I'm Under the Limelight, Who Am I When Everything is Silent. Her path of becoming an author and speaker was an unconventional one. It was in the source of Tasha's pain that she discovered the power of her voice. Tasha's zeal is found in helping women get unstuck by mastering their inner critic to authentically live a fulfilling life. Tasha, I have to say the titles to your books are powerful. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Yes, uh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of the conversation. Um, I often don't get a chance to share um, my process of becoming an author, so I'm really excited. Well, you know, that's one of those questions that I will be asking you. So, so, okay, we might as well start working on, on the process or talking about it. So a lot of people, our books begin with a journal entry. They don't even start off with the idea of writing a book. So did your books begin as like journal entries or did you just decide one day that, you know what, I'm going to put this all in a book? Yeah, so it's so funny. Um I just remember when I was younger, uh, my parents always made it a part of our weekly routine for my brother and I to go to the library. And um, he was older. And so I remember when I turned three and I was like, well, why can't I check out books like my brother? Why can't I have my own library card? And so um, I remember Mrs. Morris, the librarian, who said, you know what, you're old enough now so you can get your own library card. And so I would sit there with her and I would look at pictures and stories, but what resonated with me the most was the connection of the images and the words. And so I used to get in trouble. I would sneak and like look at books late at night when I should sleep, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And so, you know, as I got older, it continued. And so um, for me, I really started writing journal entries um, in high school. So my dad had passed away when I was 16 and they kind of assimilated me into like a grief group. And I really didn't want to talk about my experience. And so um, the social worker was just like, you know, why don't you just write down your thoughts and start and start from there? And so for me, it just was like game on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just run everything literally. Um, the, how I would feel, um, what my day would look like, um, you know, from a rage of feeling sad, feeling empty, being upset, being frustrated, um, trying to figure out what life is going to look like for me, um, knowing that he's not here. And so 
it wasn't until like adulthood, um, as I entered college, um, my older cousin was like, you should probably put this in a book because there are other people who may be feeling the same way that you did and just maybe need someone to hear them and see them and maybe inspire them. So that's how it started. <laughs> that's, I, in my condolences on, on the passing of your father, that's not easy when you're young to, mm-hmm. and it's not easy when you're an adult either. It's not easy, period. But especially when you're in a ch- when you're a child because there's so many things that you know like when you have graduation when you have that first prom or or whatever those are missed and so the emotional content mm-hmm. that you're writing is very much from your heart or yeah. it's to avoid your heart so mm-hmm. i could see where some of those entries were quite powerful for you to get to either get the emotions on the page or to simply avoid, you know, yeah. and write anything but what you're really going through. The the tagline on your website, you mm-hmm. have master the inner critic to authentically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, living a fulfilling life. And, you know, what is one takeaway? Because obviously this is something, you know, that that inner critic is obviously something you have, you know, dived deep into. Yeah. So what is what would be one pearl of wisdom that you throughout your books like mm-hmm. to reinforce with your readers? Um, one, uh, to know you are enough. And then two, uh, don't allow your experiences to minimize your worth. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and that one can be very hard. That one. Yes. Can, that one it's a continual be. thing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and interesting, uh, interestingly enough, with the podcast lately, the inner critic seems to be the topic that mm-hmm. we're talking about so evidently either i'm seriously needing to go through well okay i'll admit <laughs> i'm working on that inner critic so it's it seems to be the topic that, that keeps getting brought up and yeah what you said makes a lot of sense <laughs> with the with the inner critic you know how how have you learned to kind of well have a better relationship or a healthier relationship I'll word it that way yeah um especially like once I started writing um there was this back and forth of uh a game of ping pong if you will with my (laughs) my emotions and my mind like you know do people really want to hear what I have to say or is what I'm sharing valuable, you know, because a lot of times um, when you're a first time author, you start comparing yourself to everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when you see people being bestseller or you see people who, oh, I've always wanted to be an author. You're kind of like, well, that's not my story, you know? Um, And then you're seeing how accomplished and successful they are out of that. And so when you 
think like I'm not a household name. Will people, you know, be compelled to buy my books? And so mastering that inner critic is really reinforcing that if the idea was brought to you, then it's for a reason. And, you know, even if one person feels empowered by your book, you've done your part, you've done your job. And so for me, that's what kind of you know, keeps me going. That's my momentum. It's kind of like, you know, one person is just as powerful as a thousand. Um, You know, the moment it reaches someone's fingertips and they read it and they're like, oh my gosh, you have no idea. You've really said what I've been thinking or um, the way that you express this has really helped me place my situation into a better perspective. And so I'm like, okay, wow, this is what it feels like. And so even after the fourth book, I still have those moments like, did I really just write a book? You know, um, <laughs> my friends and family tease me all the time, like, because my fourth book was published um, at the start of this year. And so like seeing my face on the cover, it's so surreal still. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like this, like maybe about a year. And then I'm like, okay, it, you know, settles down. And then I start writing again. And so it's just interesting because even when I think I'm like content, with the amount of books that I've written and another idea comes or something else just sparks that creativity to say, you have more to say. <laughs> oh, I love that. I have more to say. Yeah. And, and, and you do obviously. And again, the titles of your book are very powerful and they do draw you in to, I want to know more. You know, yeah. it, it, it's titles that make you want to flip the book over, read, mm-hmm. you know, that context on the back. So then with your book covers, mm-hmm. did you did you know what you wanted to have on your book covers, you know, on the front? Or was that something that you're like, oh, how do I do this? <laughs> More so the latter. Hmm, how do... <laughs> um, it's so funny because... Um, for the first three books, I had taken the pictures already, um, not realizing how it would resonate with the text. Um, so like my third book, Recognize Your Opponent, where I'm in the box, um, that was just a, a part of my life where I was like, I need to have some photos done. And I'm really tired of everyone else trying to tell me how to live my life or how I should show up. Um, and so... I was like, you know what? I'm again, it goes back to growing up and, and my first experience with the library, understanding mm-hmm. pictures and images and visuals create a story. And so even with those images alone, people were like, oh my gosh, I feel like that sometimes, just seeing the images, feeling trapped, feeling contained, restricted. And so um, it made sense when I wrote the book, Recognize Your Opponent, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, well, what do I want the cover to look like? And I was like, oh, wait, but you already have the visual. Use that, you know, don't recreate the wheel. <laughs> you already have a message alone where people are going to say, why is she in that box? I want to know what's going on that made her say, I choose to sit inside this box, but yet half of my body is out of it. And so it kind of gives you a sneak peek of when you're saying that you're talking about the inner me. So that has a lot to do with introspection. And then once you flip the book over, you're like, okay, so what I assumed is correct. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, 
the having the visual um some people think of the book cover as like an afterthought and don't mm -hmm. always connect it or they kind of keep it or and and you said something and and I actually wrote it down because it was like yeah I needed to hear that and it was how should I show up you know mm -hmm. having people say because I having four books written I'm yeah. sure you've heard a lot of people say oh well you should have done it this way or why didn't you do it that way you know mm -hmm. questioning your process questioning your creative expression yeah. Yeah. And so um and, and to have somebody say, Oh my god, I get that book cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that resonates with me. I, yeah, I I get that. Been there, done that. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Feeling that one. <laughs> so then when it comes to when it comes to the writing, the editing, all of that. Uh, through you know the whole process, you know yeah. marketing, promoting, and um, and publishing it. Mm -hmm. What is your what is the the part that you really look forward to doing when you're sitting down? You know, when the idea comes to you that I'm going to mm -hmm. write this book, what yeah. is the part you really look forward to doing? <laughs> For me, honestly, it's uh, hitting the submit button. Um, because for me, it's kind of like <laughs> that rush comes in, like, I, I'm really doing this. Okay. Like there's no turning back now once I hit <laughs> submit. Um, and so it's kind of like, once I get the proof sent to me, it's like, wow, you know, I created this. This is awesome. And it, it gives me that insight of how others may feel when they pick up the final copy. And so I look at the that like intimate details are important to me um, because again, I'm an avid reader. So I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at the polish of the book. I'm looking at how it feels when I'm holding it. I'm looking at the pages like, okay, is the message clear? Um, is what I'm conveying to everyone else? Can they understand it? Is it applicable? Um, does it make sense? Is it cohesive? You know, I think about those mm -hmm. things and I always put myself in the position of the, the customer, the buyer, like what would help me gravitate to this book and why? And so I always think of it that way um, because I know for me personally, and I'm pretty sure other creative uh, people can say the same thing. My attention span is very short. And so um, <laughs> it's like, I don't yeah. want to have something so drawn out that there's no depth to it. And so for me, I try to give you those uh, magnetic messages in a way that is comprehensible, but then it doesn't take you like five minutes to read, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, short, sweet, and to the point, but yet yeah. packed with enough content that makes you like, ooh, yeah, I needed to read that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <I like that. laughs> so then on the flip side, you know, what part of the process just like, no, I don't want to do this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> Is it the marketing, the editing or <laughs> both? Um, <laughs> um, so definitely the editing, I would say. So it, it's funny. Um, my first two books, I went through a publishing company 
And um, I felt like I was not included in the process. I felt like my voice wasn't really heard the way that it should have been um, with the outcome. But then in my latter two, I said, you know what, I'm going to self-publish. And um, that right there is like a hamster wheel within itself, (laughs) Um, you know, because I'm kind of like, what do I do now? So I had to really kind of pull on a team. So what did I do? I kind of created it as if like I were creating an event, right? So I'm like, okay, this is the outcome that I want to produce. I need to bring people to the table that I know have keen insight that's necessary and so that's what I did I brought people who were good with you know promotion and marketing and and all of that then I had someone who you know is really good with editing and proofreading and doing the grammar checks that I need and then I also incorporated beta readers instead which was different than what I did first two to kind of get that here's the unedited draft this is the idea of what it looks like but of course you can't see the finished product until we go through this phase and then just kind of get their perspective to kind of see if there's um, a common theme among those who were the beta readers like, okay. And that gave me my aha moment, like, okay, great. My message is clear. It's concise. Um, It's giving the outcome that I wanted. And usually if there's some type of like confusion somewhere, then I'm kind of like, maybe I need to kind of rethink what's going on. But right, right. luckily <laughs> there wasn't the case for the third and fourth. <laughs> and I was like, okay, great. You know, and then people actually being honored to be a part of that process, to kind of see how things work. Cause you know, sometimes people just look at the finished product and think that um, it's quick and it's easy. And it's not, especially when you're going mm-hmm. through writer's block, um, you know, that happens a lot. And trying to mind dump and figure out, okay, where am I going to place this? Or why am I not getting anything right now? You know, what do I need to do? And so it just takes that discipline for me to, to really get to that phase of editing and then getting to the marketing piece. So then it sounds like you're a very organized person. When you're writing, are you creating a outline first or are you just like brain dumping and organizing afterwards? <laughs> brain dump and organize. And it's it's so funny because um, I'm organizing like everything else. But when it comes to producing the book and getting that together, it never turns out that way. Um, so I'm the person who always has to make sure my phone is charged so I can have my notes section ready or <laughs> pen and paper um, because I could be anywhere and something could spark um, an interest and I'm like Ooh, okay and then a whole chapter could come out of that and then I'm like oh let me hurry up and write this down or I'm going to forget um, oh, yeah, and so yeah. I, I'm like that. Um, <laughs> and then, um, it's funny because it kind of reminds me of putting together a puzzle. Um, I'll get different parts of the book and, and then rearrange them like, okay, this is the order that it should be in, like once it's all done. But it, it's hilarious because people are like, where does this come from? And I'm like, I've always been a big picture thinker, even as a child. Um, it's just something that my parents have always noticed. Like I could find a message in anything um, and anything that's considered complex. I always knew how to make it more simple. And I don't know who I got that from. Um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but it's just one of those things. They're like, hmm, okay, but I appreciate that they honed it in early, like not even knowing that it would come into this. 
that is that is a gift (laughs) (laughs) you know just uh just uh you know let it come to you you know because when we force it of course then it looks forced yeah and that's the one thing I've noticed like with doing the podcast is mm-hmm. the fact that if I sit down and I write a whole list of questions, these are the questions I gotta ask. Mm-hmm. The whole conversation sounds uh, real chunky and clunky and, and, yeah. you know, so I really love having, I mean, I have a couple of questions already, you know, lined up before we, we get going and stuff because mm-hmm. The majority of the people I speak to, this is the second time I've talked to them or the first time I've talked to them. So I don't know you, you don't know me. And and so you got to get that rhythm somehow. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, and it's all trust. You're trusting that I don't ask you, (laughs) you know, bizarre questions that are like, oh, yeah, no, Cindy, we're not going there. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have to ask because... Who's in the picture that's behind your shoulder? That's my dad. So, um, so there's my dad surrounding me. So I'm in the center and then my, it's different images of my dad. And it's so funny because one of my close friends had actually got it for me, um, like five years ago. Yeah. And, um, she created the, the image and, um, it was like, the day of the anniversary of him passing and she was like you know I just felt like putting this together for you and I was like okay and so for me it's just kind of a reminder that he's always present with me um and that he's proud um because my dad always knew that I had something to say but I had to tap into that and believe it and so I think in hindsight even though you know, he passed in an untimely way, mm-hmm. it really ignited that flame for me to be more vocal and for me to say, you know what, I'm going to share what's going on in my life to help and connect with other people. And so that's why I always say like the purpose of my pen kind of came from that, because if that didn't happen, I probably would not have felt compelled to write my thoughts or emotions on anything. Yeah. I just, I don't know why it just, it keeps drawing my attention. And so yeah. that explains it. it. It's all that love and, and that, you know, family energy that's, that's yeah. in that photograph. And I love how it just sits, you know, right over your like shoulder. Right over my shoulder. Yeah. And that's how he was. He was hands-on. He was a hands-on dad. <laughs> oh, and what a blessing. Such a blessing. Obviously, writing does come very natural to you. You've been absorbed in books from well you know a very very young age (laughs) um on the podcast application I always ask for three questions to be you know that you would like to be asked and rarely do they one get brought up in the podcast because usually it just flows into the conversation naturally you know I don't have to again like I say the the questions um are there to get the ball rolling you have the questions directed at me because Mm -hmm. at the very bottom I say do you what questions do you have for me Mm -hmm. and um so it reads you know uh what questions do you have for me one when did you first realize you wanted to host a podcast Mm -hmm. I want you to know you're the first person to ask me that on the application and yeah and (laughs) 
this is actually my second podcast that I've ever produced. Mm -hmm. The other one that I I did was a handful of years ago, and it Mm -hmm. was, um, I'm a certified health coach, integrative Mm -hmm. nutrition health coach. Mm-hmm. And, and it was focused on foods yeah. and, and preparing meals. Well, I loved mm-hmm. it. I loved the conversation. So what sparked it this time? Same thing. Conversation. Yeah. I love having a conversation. And because I'm deep into my own writing and, mm-hmm. and helping inspire others to, to write and to explore their creativity and yeah. such. It was a no-brainer. I mean, it it's one of those divine things that just kind of kept saying, you know, talk, Cindy, talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, then your next question was, or is, excuse me, was it challenging to get initial followers or did it come easy? Mm-hmm. Wow, talk about a loaded question. Because <laughs> the fact that it's the same thing with having, you know, no matter what business you're in, you're an entrepreneur I'm an entrepreneur and and you know was it challenging to get initial followers oh yeah pretty much Mm -hmm. any any entrepreneur is going to say that because of the simple fact that we are putting ourselves out there yeah look at you look at what you've done with your book you have put yourself out there Mm -hmm. and you know was it for you was it difficult to share your content and then gain the followers or did you have those people who already knew your backstory that read the book and like oh hey you got to read Tasha's book man you got to read this I know her you know what was it like for you as far as is you know gaining those initial followers for your series oh yeah it so it's twofold um so initially um when people are familiar with one layer of who you are, that's the perspective they have and they run with it. And so um, for me, it was that ongoing question, is it worth the risk? Um, Because I've always been someone who's been naturally observant, laid back, um, you know, like small intimate settings, you know, something like that, introverted, you know. And so for me to put myself out there, it kind of placed me in a different light that others were not familiar with. And so it was kind of like them trying to warm up a little bit, like, who is this person? You know, like we're (laughs) so accustomed to her being behind the scenes, giving everyone else the idea to go forward and do it. But to put herself out there, it's kind of like, what is this? And so I always joke and say, um, before the influencer culture became a thing, (laughs) I was already an influencer. And it's so funny because it's like whenever you have, um, you know, I would say like an eye-catching background or an experience that a lot of people um, haven't heard about, it kind of causes them to gravitate a little more. And so initially, some people were kind of like, "Hmm, you know, what is this? What's going on? And then as they saw the progression, it was like, oh, wow, okay, this, this is really a thing. This is really who she is, you know, I need to get into this. So after, I would say maybe the, towards the end of the second book, beginning of third, 
everyone just kind of came like wildfire. Like now it's a little overwhelming um, <laughs> now where, you know, people are like really into, you know, what I'm doing, wanting to be a part of my life, the intricacies. It's it's a little overwhelming because I always have to keep that balance and, and the boundary of saying, you know, even though to you, I'm a public figure, I still have a personal life. And so, yes. um, sometimes I go back like first two years, you know, when I started, um, it was really quiet and I liked it. And then now it's kind of like, okay, everyone's really watching what I say, what I do. Everyone feels like they deserve access. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very interesting um, because be I still hard. see myself that way. You know, I just see myself as Tasha who just happened to love writing books and, you know, or love speaking at different places. And everyone else is like, no, you're Tasha, like, the influencer. I'm like, what does that mean? You know? So you brought up that you're a speaker. What kind of venues are you doing your speaking at? So um, I speak at universities. Um, I speak at like women conferences. Um, I've been highlighted and featured in like magazine articles. It's, it's really like surreal. Um, That's <laughs> and wonderful. a lot of it really talks about, um, my passion of, you know, what keeps me going, um, you know, with being an author, but then also getting my story out there. So like, aside from, you know, dealing with grief and, and learning how to find a level of normalcy after that, um, I'm a sexual assault survivor. So then I'm sitting on panels, you know, talking about that and how it's perpetuated grief because that happened a year and a half later, you know, after my father passed. And then people kind of look at me like, you're still like resilient. You have, you know, kind of created this new life for you. Like could have, you know, easily walked around with that shame, but like the fact that you overcome it and you're using it to help other people. And so that's usually how that happens. Um, and sometimes I really don't know where the strength comes from. You know, um, I just think about if I don't share my story, who will, you know, and that's the thing that that sparks for me. Like, I don't want anyone else to give a scripted conversation of my life, you know, because no one can right. do that better than me. So. Well, then it goes back to what you said before about when you first were publishing your books and people were like, wow, I didn't, I guess I only knew the one element of you because we do, we put, you know, like on social media, of course, mm -hmm. you know, you put the polished side up and yeah. then with your best friends, you put the not so polished side up and then the people you live with, they they get yeah. to see the raunchy side of you, the side yeah. that you don't want <laughs> anybody else to ever see that grouchy, unkind, yeah. so uh, whatever, lazy, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, we are multi-diverse and, yeah. and for, and yeah, for those different layers to be shared, people I'm sure were like, holy crap, I didn't really know you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, wow, Tasha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. With your, your coaching and with your speaking and so forth, based on the fact that your books are directly directed about the inner critic and, and that inner voice, Mm -hmm. Is that what you're doing is, is providing people the the knowledge to 
one, accept your voice because you mm -hmm. are who you are, mm -hmm. but two, to really give them that the tools to build that healthier relationship and, and not sink into the, mm -hmm. um, that self-talk of, you know, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're yeah. whatever, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And I think um, what makes the connection more meaningful when I'm coaching clients is because it's my lived experience. So it's not just, you know, material that I've learned or, you know, trying to present to them, but for them to understand that I have that personal connection, um, it always helps. It speaks more values. Like when they see yeah. that and they're like, okay, like someone who actually understands where I am right now and they're not going to judge me for it you know um and so it's just saying to them you know these are certain things that may have worked for me but we're here to focus on what works for you when I tell them that like and letting them know that yeah we may have similar experiences but our lives are not parallel and I think right. that's the most important part that I always try to reiterate when coaching clients to let them know you know you can feel inspired by my story but you need to create your own path so you can be an inspiration to someone else. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because so many people want, well, and I'll admit, you know, there's times where I want somebody to hand me the, I don't care if it's the rule book. I don't care if it's the yeah. playbook. I don't <laughs> care if it's, you know, you know, some other book that has no relation to what, what I'm going through. Somebody hand me the book and tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's hard to make decisions sometimes and we do get caught in in that whole loop of, you know, mm -hmm. am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? And, yeah. and it's easy to get the, in that that vicious cycle. Mm -hmm. So um, anyways, <laughs> we could grab a hold on that one really quick. <laughs> and I don't want to go there. <laughs> So is there anything that you would love to share? Um, I don't care if it's on, on writing, if it's on, on the inner critic, what is something that you would love to share uh, and, and let people know? Yeah. Um, so one thing I always say, and I say this to myself um, every day, so it's a standard practice. Um, but to remind everyone that your life has purpose, your voice has value, embrace the greatness within. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, you'll hear, uh, well, you'll see it on different things that I do and written wise. And then at the end of every podcast, I always close it with the, the phrase, your words have power and your yeah. story matters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we forget that mm -hmm. we forget our voice has that power and that our voice even matters, you know, forget yeah. the story, you know, the voice. Exactly. And, and that whole point is so multidimensional in the regard that it's the voice that we use interior mm -hmm. and exterior. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then you're going back to your list of questions that you had for me. I'll answer the third one. Number three, what do you enjoy the most about hosting this? Yes. Yeah. Having the conversation, getting to mm -hmm. know somebody, getting yeah. to understand your process, you know, 
the fact that you know your dad is sitting on your shoulder I love that (laughs) (laughs) and you know and learning how you you did the process for writing your book you brain dump you put it together and organize it afterwards and there's people that are out there that are always am I doing it right how should Mm -hmm. I attack this and one of the messages I've always tried to have here is that do it your way yeah yeah plain and simple do it your way what feels Mm -hmm. good to you (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so then as far as as publishing your book and Mm -hmm. and promoting Mm -hmm. what has been the the part of it that just absolutely you know says yep that's all worth it it's uh the stories the reflections i hear of people after they read it um like for me um it it just feels good that it's genuine support you know how sometimes you have people who just support you because you're their friend or their family member and it's almost kind of like do you believe in the gift that i'm presenting or you're just you know just buying out of like obligation right and so it's a really good feeling when I know that people are authentically supporting me, like they believe in what I have to offer. Um, it's not obligated, you know, it's just like, no, I really believe in this. And I really think that it will make a difference in the world. It'll make an impact. And mm-hmm. then when they read it, they're like, wow, I saw myself in this section of the book. And I definitely know what you mean from there. And oh my goodness, this made me go back and rethink some of the things that I have not uncovered in my life. And it, it's, that's the moment that I'm like, okay, it was all worth it. It matters. Um, you know, because when I present information, I do it in such a candid way that I don't do it where you may feel embarrassed because you're not where you want to be in that moment. It's just kind of like, I'm educating and empowering you at the same time. And you know, I think when you present such delicate information, mm-hmm. you have to be strategic on how to present it um, because you have to meet people where they are, no matter where right. they are. And so I think about that in my writing, like what is something that's going to say to them, "Ooh, I needed that. And OK, it's OK to still be processing where I am. Right. Yeah, I like that being right where you're at is right where you're at and there's nothing to be um I don't want to say ashamed of because that that gives the wrong meaning behind it but being okay with where you're at Mm -hmm. yeah and it'll get better some days Mm -hmm. are going to really suck some days are going to be like woohoo exactly (laughs) yep Some days just have to work a little harder to celebrate. It's okay, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So where can people find you on the internet? So I absolutely love Instagram. I'm there more than Facebook, um, even though I do have a Facebook group. But Instagram, um, lifewithtashaw underscore. um, And, you know, it's kind of self-explanatory. I kind of give you all layers of who I am there. Um, Of course, my website, uh, 
lifewithtashaw.com where you just kind of get updates on what I'm doing, um, being able to connect with me and, you know, purchase my books that way. Um, and then Facebook for people who may not be a fan of Instagram, I have a Facebook group. It's called Tasha W. Messenger of Hope. And I love that tagline, Messenger of Hope, because we all need that. Mm-hmm. You know, we all do. And yeah. thank you for sharing that hope with everybody and sharing your story. You know, you definitely have a, a strong message. Thank you. To get out there and, and to let people know it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah, your voice matters and it's okay to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so, well, I want to thank you so, so very much. Um, it has been wonderful to sit down with you and and pick your brain and and answer your questions. I've never done that before with anybody. <laughs> so, and you asked me very good questions that were, and I thought, you know, because I I was going to write it out in an email, and I thought, no, I need to share this because yeah. these are things that you know I need to vocalize. Mm-hmm. And, and share and I thought you know this could really add an extra layer to our conversation about yeah you know, why why do you do the things that you do mm-hmm. so do you have any other books that are coming out or or not going there yet <laughs> yeah um not yet um but of course um I, I'm still uh processing that <laughs> this one um because it came out in January, and uh, I'm I'm on the part of the elevator, um, the elevator, as I say, when I'm at the top floor, and so I'm just trying to work my way down. I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> because the rush is here right now. So, um, you know, there's some people that are like, oh wait, you have another book, or um, my mom has stopped in the store. Is like, yeah. Your daughter has another book. I saw her face on this book, and I was like, uh, okay, you know. Uh, <laughs> So once that rush kind of settles down and, um, yeah, I have a little more uh, balance, if you will, then I'll start I'll start working on the other one um, because the creativity is there. And so I try not to let it dwindle. Um, like I've already had ideas bouncing like, okay, this is what I need to talk about now. Or, the, you know, and a lot of it really stems from conversation uh that I've seen on social media or um conversations with friends you know um like wow who else is thinking like this or who else feels this way kind of thing so you you brought up something that I'd like to dig a little bit deeper in if you don't mind Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you're wanting to get your balance so Mm -hmm. for you what does that entail yeah, so uh, for me, it's uh, finding my rhythm again of normalcy um, because it's like whenever there's something new or something shiny, everyone is trying to gravitate uh, to me at this point now. So everyone is kind of like, oh, wait, you have the new book out. So um, let's do this. Let's do that. Or And I'm kind of like, I just want to kind of go back to, you know, being Tasha. Like, yeah, we, we can celebrate and we can discuss this win, but I don't want you to be so fixated on that per- Aggressive moment that you kind of forget everything else because mm-hmm. 
in the back of my mind, my balance is, you know, I still have other topics that I need to, you know, discuss. So like everyone is excited about this book, rightfully so, but I don't want anyone else to like miss the other moments that matter. And so continuing the conversation of like sexual assault awareness, it's still a thing. It's still going on, you know, or, um, you know, not dismissing what's going on as to why people are still feeling ashamed for the decisions they make in life. And so, you know, let's kind of resurface that back. Like if you want to focus on the book, let's kind of tie that into why the book was written in the first place versus, oh, it's another book that's out. And so, you know, that balance of kind of separating um, those who are more gravitating to the connection of who I am versus those that are just really inspired and want to foster community because of who I am. So that's the balance. (laughs) (laughs) And bravo, you know, uh, well, for putting you first, because I can imagine that it would be easy to get so absorbed into Mm -hmm. the whole rush of it all that you yeah. do lose who you are and mm-hmm. what the actual purpose of you know the book was yeah yeah you know that intention so I'm glad that you have been able to find that balance and that it is a priority so yeah is this yeah. at least something people think about what happens on the backside when all of a sudden you know <laughs> you've got this popularity and and like for you you are you're going out there and you're saying hey I've written this book but I also want to talk about what's in this book so you're doing the speaking like you said at the colleges and at different events and in different venues and your topics are not easy they're not you know light and fluffy and so Mm -hmm. that probably takes I'm going to assume it takes a a heavy emotional toll yeah you know, bring this up again, discuss it so that you can help others to see that one, they're not alone, two, there is help out there, three, you can survive it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um so and I just kind of lost where I was headed with, with that whole rant. But anyways, being able to find your balance is is a priority. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you so, so very much, Tasha, for being here, for for doing the things that you do. Um, as as I'll say at the end of the podcast, um, in the closing, your <laughs> your words have tremendous amount of power, and story, yeah, it really matters. <laughs> before we end our time together i'd like to say thank you for listening to my conversation with tasha wilson to access her website and purchase the book she has written visit pen to paperpress.com backslash podcast and select the show notes page for this episode to receive future episodes in your inbox Subscribe to the Pen to Paper Press newsletter and follow this podcast on your favorite application. Take care and until next time, keep your pen to paper and write. Your words have power. Your story matters. Bye for now.